Welcome to the Balanced CEO Podcast, where we have authentic conversations celebrating the successes of being an entrepreneur while acknowledging the challenges along the way. Join us every other Wednesday as we talk about all things business and life. Nothing is off limits. Here's your hosts, Askar, Sarah-Lise, Taylor, and Aaron. Hello, CEOs. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Welcome to the Balanced CEO Podcast. I am Askar. I'm Erin. And I'm Taylor. In today's episode, we will be discussing balancing it like a boss. So let's get started. In fact, today in our CEO suite, we have the one and only Amina Rashad Esquire. Amina graduated from Brooklyn Law School in 2013 and is admitted to practice law in both New York and New Jersey, and is also in the process of being admitted to practice law in Texas. Amina has dedicated her entire career to family and matrimonial law, developing a nuanced understanding of the law in this practice area. She also recently added mediation to her law practice to assist individuals in reaching amicable resolutions without the need for litigation. In addition to her private practice, Amina serves as the court-appointed counsel in Suffolk County Family Court, representing clients in custody, child support, and family offense proceedings. Amina has two beautiful kids, a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. She is a boss. Hi, Amina. Welcome to the Balance CEO Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We knew you were the person for this. We're so thankful and excited to have you in our CEO suite. And we're just very excited to have you share your story, expertise, and to drop some gems today. Okay. Are you ready? I am. We've realized that you are a woman who wears many hats. How would you define your work-life balance? And why is that so important for you? I, I read something recently online and basically in sub and substance, it's the woman was saying that as, as women, we juggle so many balls. Um, and the way that you balance is recognizing which one of those balls is glass and which is rubber, because we cannot keep all of those balls up in the air all of the time. Necessarily, we're going to drop, we're going to drop some balls, like it's going to happen, but you have to have the wisdom to know at this particular time, my children are the glass ball. They've got to be the priority above all else. Um, and I think the most important thing with that analogy, and that's probably the analogy that I found to be most true with respect to balance overall for us as women, um, is just that the ball that's going to be glass is not fixed. So there's going to be times when one particular client is the glass ball. And there's going to be times when the children or the husband or the kitchen, like it's going to be fluid and just having the wisdom and understanding, listen, if today I've got to focus on work, if today I've got this motion that has to get out, I'm going to focus on that. And if my kids don't see me until the following day, because of the fact that I had to put that work in, it's okay because I can make up for it. And just understanding we can do it all, but we can't do it all at the same time. And you really have to know how to prioritize, honestly. And you have to give yourself grace and you have to be okay with sometimes you're not going to be the best mom. Sometimes you're not going to be the best wife. You're not going to be the best homemaker. Your kitchen might be a mess on some days, but, but you're okay with that because you know, it's, it's not the end. You can just take it on tomorrow. 
Wow, that's really great. And thank you for sharing that analogy. And I think, like you said, it's about knowing that you can't do it all and it's okay and giving yourself some grace, which I realize have been a constant theme because we're so hard on ourselves and especially when we try to balance it all. But I want you to give us a tour. Can you walk us through a typical day in your life? What are the areas that you do strive to keep balance? So I have three main areas that I think I do stri- I strive to keep balanced. Um, one is obviously my faith. The second is my children and my family life, and that would include my husband and my home. And third is obviously my business and my desire to build an empire and take over the entire world. Um, yeah. So it's a lot to balance. <laughs> it's a lot to balance. Those are the three things that I, I, I do strive to balance in terms of a typical day. I'll give you my ideal day. And this is usually 75 to 80% of the time what happens. I do fall off course on occasion. But ordinarily, I do like to wake up very, very early. So sometimes I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I'll take a shower, get ready, head to the office. That's probably my my favorite time to work uh, for a number of reasons. One is nobody's awake, so nobody's bothering you. You know, there's less distractions overall with social media. Um, my children are asleep. And so I feel... If I can fit those extra five hours of work in, in those early morning hours when they're asleep and then get mm-hmm. home a little bit earlier, that's, um, that's my ideal. So ordinarily I'll go to work very, very early, um, get the day started around 9am is when my court appearances start and then all hell breaks loose. And so basically from nine to around five, it's chaos. On a good day, I would be able to leave the office by 5.30 or six. On bad days, I'm in till much later. So really it's, my schedule is never quite fixed because of family law and the nature of family law is just that there's constantly fires to put out. So something is always going wrong. And so I might plan my day out a certain way and I might intend to leave at five, but I don't wind up to leaving. I don't wind up leaving till seven. Once I get home, I'm with my kids. I've made it a point to put my phone away. And even if I'm only going to get an hour with them, I make that hour worth it. Nice. So... I see that you do have a balance and a routine. Like you said, after you get home, you put your phone away, even if it's a lot of a struggle with that, because we're always on social media, we're always on our phone. So my next question is, what are some challenge that you face in terms of balancing those three important areas for you, like your family, your faith and your business? all of it takes so much time and there's one of me and there's 24 hours in the day and I Mm -hmm. I struggle as well even though obviously my goal is put my phone away right but there's going to be days when there's something going wrong and I have to address it and so it's it's really about like this is my ideal and this is what I'm striving towards and just accepting it's necessarily going to happen but yeah there's I think the limitations of the fact that there's only 24 hours and sometimes I sit here and I think I'm already getting up at three o'clock in the morning or four, like what else can I do? You know what I mean? Like there's no further place to stretch the day. So that's my biggest struggle is just the, the time restrictions. So taking all that into account, do you feel like you have a healthy work-life balance? Do you feel like there's areas you could work on or are you happy with it? So that's hard. And especially when you guys, um, when you approached me about balancing it, I was like, like nobody that knows me (laughs) will be like, (laughs) who to look for for balance? Because I'm like crazy and drinks like I I drink like eight shots of espresso a day and I'm like work like a crazy person. But oddly enough, I would say yes, (laughs) because like I said, there's 
it's the ball analogy again, right? And I feel that I've gotten to the point where, you know, two or three years ago, it was just all work all the time. And at that time, I recognized the ages of my children. And I knew I only had a few more years before I needed to be around more often. So my daughter's turning seven in March. And for me, that's like the hard deadline. Like that's when I want to be there when she gets home from school. And in order for that to happen as a business owner, I needed to be able to afford employees and help that could keep that ball, the like the wheels turning when I say, listen, I'm going to go pick my daughter up from school and then I'm out for the rest of the day. Um, so I worked really, really hard. Um, there were nights where I slept in the office and like I put the work in at that time because I felt like I needed to build myself up to the point where I am right now. And I think it is paying off. And I think it was a wise decision because as a mom, I really felt that she wasn't going to remember when I was, when she was three, she's definitely going to remember when she's seven. So the very long answer to your question is I do feel, despite the fact that I'm working like this, I do think there's some balance. Obviously the room for improvement is when I had started going to work at like three or four in the morning, I was like, this is wonderful. I'm going to leave at four. And that never happens. So <laughs> I think the goal is to get to the point where if I am going to work at like three or four in the morning, that I actually am leaving at four as well. And it's not just like now it's an 18 hour workday instead of 12. I think that's a really healthy way to look at it. And I think sometimes people forget that. And like your analogy for me, like that really struck me and that's something that's going to stay with me. So I think that really helps uh, get in the mindset of how to balance your life. Do you have any other ways that you maintain a healthy work-life balance? So I take, I, Without a doubt, I take out time for two things on a weekly or biweekly basis. So every Saturday morning, I get a massage in my house. It's 8 a.m., 8.45 a.m., so everyone's still asleep, and it's wonderful. The second thing I do is I get my eyelash extensions done every two weeks, and that is also like a 90 to 120-minute break from everything. I think just taking time out for yourself, like I said, it's about quality, not quantity sometimes. And I think just making sure that the, the ways in which you're seeking to balance your life, that you're doing quality things instead of just trying to say you need eight hours, you know, every day all to yourself. Gotcha. And so then obviously there's going to be times when you are a little off balance. How do you identify that? And how do you fix it? Like, do you ever fall into a rut? So I'm going to tell you, this is how I know I'm off balance is I'll be having a conversation with someone and I'll just start crying in the middle of it, which is like, (laughs) that is the biggest because I'm so overwhelmed. And if you walk into my office and you say, how are you? Like, that is it. Like I'm done. And I'm just like sobbing. So that's how I know that I am overwhelmed. I wish I could say that there's a way to back out of it. Sometimes all these memes and these things that you see on Instagram and Facebook it can sometimes be not as helpful because it's it's okay to let it go today, right? And it's like encouraging you to let it go, but you let it go and then you pay for it the next day. So I wish <laughs> I wish there was a way that I could say you can back out of it. I it's just understanding it's everything is temporary. You know what I mean? Like I'm overwhelmed right now. There's a reason that I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm gonna push through it and then I'm going to eat cheesecake. Like, you know what I'm like? That's, <laughs> that's my way. <laughs> Power through. <laughs> oh, well, I definitely can relate to a lot of the things that you have said. 
especially when you're talking about balancing family and work and making sure that you're there for your kids. And because like you said, you do, you have to be mindful of what they are going to remember. And I'm at the phase where my oldest is about to be a teenager and our youngest is almost a two-year-old. <laughs> so we are just, so I, and then we have one right in the middle who is going to be 10. And so I'm at that stage where everybody's having those major points in their lives and trying to balance them is definitely a juggling act. But your analogy of the glass and the rubber balls is the perfect example of of what we all should keep in mind when we're thinking about work-life balance. And so I know that you mentioned faith being your, like your number one area in your life when you were going through the top three areas. How does faith keep you balanced? Perspective is number one. I happen to be somebody that is, you know, I like nice things, um, I like fancy things. And so it's very easy to get sucked into just, I want to make more money. Um, But I think perspective, because there are, and especially this year has taught us, there's a lot of women that were just like me that had revenue goals, that had five-year plans and 10-year plans. And they're like, these are all the amazing things I'm going to do. And they had goals and they, they're not with us anymore, right? So it can, like, it's perspective on what's important. My, my great uncle actually passed away while he was eating chocolate. Like the, and then when he passed away, the chocolate was still in his mouth. And this is morbid, but I think the idea generally is that you don't know what life brings you. Um, you know, anything, any number of things can happen. And how important is this in the grand scheme of things? So I think that's, you know, faith helps me keep perspective. I pray for everything. I believe truly that everything I have is a result of my faith. Such a successful practice that I would have to turn away clients. Um, and that's literally where I am. I, I, I've prayed for everything. I prayed that a day would come that I had so many clients that I had to turn them away. And that's where I am. And obviously the turning away part is harder than I had anticipated, but I, I believe that everything I have is a consequence. I, I believe that everything I have is a consequence of, of my faith. And so that's what keeps me grounded. But you do fit in some personal time. And I think as a mom, we struggle with that in like finding time and being happy with the time that we get to ourselves. Cause sometimes uh, it's like you feel a little bit of guilt because you're like, I should be doing this for my child. I should be helping them do this or I should, the kitchen needs cleaning, but I don't really feel like it. I'd rather just sit here and watch a movie on Netflix or you go to the store and you buy something for yourself. Cause I, I recently just really started to feel like it was okay. Cause I realized I really haven't bought something for myself in a while. Like I buy my kids things like clothes, different clothes and things, but I was looking through my closet and I'm just I haven't really bought a new piece of clothing in a while. <laughs> and so like, I found myself at the store the other day and it was me by myself because my husband decided to just take, keep the kids. And I bought myself some stuff and I was super excited. <laughs> wow. So how do you like, how do you get to the point where you accept your personal time? And like you said, enjoy the quality. It might not be a whole eight hours, like you said, but it could just be an hour at the store or buying something or getting something done for yourself that you feel is worth it (laughs) and being okay with it. 
let me just tell you like the state of women is that I actually don't feel guilty but then I feel guilty about the fact that I don't feel guilty like I'm just like what's wrong with me I'm like a horrible mother that doesn't feel guilty so that's just like the female state of existence right yeah I'm sorry I don't feel I don't feel guilty because I'm like I want my eyelashes done I want my (laughs) massage no but see so see you're perfect so you are the opposite of me like I felt guilty at first and now I was just like no, I actually needed this and I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> but just like you, you deserve said. those things. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then that's what you have. And that's what it's funny that you said that, Aaron, because then you like I was telling my husband, I just got this stuff for myself and I'm happy about it. And he's like, well, you should. You earned it. You deserve it. Like and I think that's the thing, too, is having those people around you to remind you that what you're doing and what you're allowing yourself to do you put in the work for it. So you have earned it and you have definitely put in the work. So everything that's coming your way is well-earned and well-deserved. So the last thing is what are some important things that you think women to keep all the time, but just, you know, and just to make sure that they are keeping themselves what they, where they need to be in order to make everyone else and everything else that they do the best that they can be. I said it before, but I guess just show yourself grace understand that you can't be everything to everyone all of the time and there's going to be people that don't like you and that's their problem I mean I, I think that's really just it and also what are the what are the the stories that you tell yourself about about yourself right so you sometimes have to like silence that that voice inside you and, and I heard something about even just when you wake up in the morning for example you set an alarm and you you hit snooze right you're not saying anything to you. You you haven't made like a conscious thought about that process, but you've now told you are a person that didn't follow through with what they committed to doing the night before. You are the person that hit the snooze button. Right. And that's what you're starting off your day with. And it's, it might not be something that's like a conscious thought pattern, but that's how you started your day and every step of the day moving forward, like that's what you started with. And so there's so many little things that we do throughout the day that feed a narrative unconsciously and you just have to be careful about what it is that you're feeding. Wow, that's really good. I was just really taking everything in Amina because I know for me, I struggle a lot with, um, I've gotten better over the last month. I found a, it's so funny, I was washing my hair. I found a piece of gray hair and I started freaking out. I was like, my stress level is too high. I need better work-life balance. But I was really taking in all that you were saying and hearing about your experience because I know for so long I've struggled with I don't have kids yet, but I struggle in terms of work. And when I'm working on anchors, I just go. And my team knows, like, they'll wake up and get an email from me that I sent at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning. And they're like, why were you even awake? And I think it goes to the next question. I know we spoke a lot about work-life balance as a whole, but why do you think as entrepreneurs it's so critical? Because burnout is so real. And when you're burned out, you just don't want to do anything. And I've been there. And I think that's, you know, to answer one of your prior questions, like, it is so important to maintain it. I can push forward at like 100 miles per hour. When you are in a physical, mental, emotional state to do so. But if you wear yourself down, like you're really not going to accomplish anything. And it's not an efficient use of your energy. And I actually think it does more harm than good. So just, I, I think understanding that you can put three hours of energy into something and accomplish 
literally nothing. Or you can put an hour and a half of energy into something and, and, and wind up with a great product and recognizing that you need to be in the state that's going to promote the most efficiency in your work. That's so true because sometimes people think that busy means being productive and that's not always the fact. And I think a lot of, why do you think, though we know that work-life balance is so important as we are women, mothers, workers, entrepreneurs, mentors, but why do you think for us, we struggle with the idea of maintaining a work-life balance, knowing the impact it has on our business or our lives? Well, one is just this, uh, cultural idea I think in American culture at least that like being super busy never sleeping being completely unhealthy like that is success and that's how you become successful that's number one and number two is I think it's a personality thing I think there's certain types of personalities that are going to go into the business and, and become entrepreneurs and I think those of us that 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 have gone that route we have the personality where we just, it's like all go all the time and you ha- you reached one goal and the minute you reach that goal, it's like you don't even take a minute to be like, oh wow, I reached my goal. It's just like the next goal and the next and the next, which is great for building a business because you're very driven and very motivated, but it's probably not great from a, from a health perspective, right? So I think it's, it's knowing that you have that personality and, and just like reining it in a little bit. Wow, that was so good. Um... Wow, that is so great. Like we really never take time to celebrate those small goals and milestones because we're we're like energizer bunnies. And as an energizer bunny, eventually we get burned out. And Amina, what are some tips and resources that you can share with our listeners relative to how as entrepreneurs, they can achieve a healthy work-life balance to be a balanced CEO in their business? One of my favorite books is Miracle Morning Um, and Miracle Morning basically is just about starting your day early and starting your day with things like affirmation and visualization and exercise. Even if it's 15 minutes of exercise, just getting your blood going. Um, And it goes along with the idea of how you start your day is how the rest of your day is going to go. So I definitely recommend the book Miracle Morning. In terms of balance, I think, the goal setting is great because when you set goals, you can also set goals for what you're going to do for yourself. So you can obviously always set your professional goals, but also personally, like this is what I want to make sure this quarter I'm going to accomplish and just making it a priority to do those things. So if that means getting a massage even once in the quarter, get the massage once in the quarter. I'm trying to think of anything else. So therapy is great, by the way. Mm. (laughs) I recommend therapy. I think it's a really great, safe space to just vent about everything. So I recommend that because mental health, I think, is first and foremost for all of us, and especially as women that do wear so many hats. Yeah, and like I'm with you, especially I'm big on mental health. Like my therapy sessions, I have to have them. I'm like, you know, every other week. And like you said, it's so good to talk to somebody who's not biased, who doesn't really know you and will keep it real with you. And I think the other thing that you really said to me was the alarm clock analogy. I am the queen of setting up an alarm clock and then setting up three snooze times, 15 minute increments afterwards. So if I know I want to wake up at 830, I'll start at like 745. Then I'll do like eight o'clock. Then I'll do 815. But now, like you said, you're setting the tone for your day. And I feel like now I'm going to be like, okay, I'm the one I really wanted to wake up and then kind of 
set the tone of what you're doing, you're going to procrastinate on some other things too. So that was super amazing. And I think Amina, just seeing how you do it, you truly balance it like a boss. You handle your work. You are a mom. And also just really remembering that at the end of the day, you are worth that value. And like you said, I'm gonna get my lashes done. <laughs> I'm gonna get my massages. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with feeling bad about it. Cause I think a lot of my friends are parents and moms and they forgot that they were still a woman before they became a mom or before they became a wife. So you still have to nurture and care for that woman and put that mask on for you first before you could take care of everybody else. Exactly. So this was so awesome. There you have it. Balancing it like a boss. Thank you, Amina, for joining us on today's episode of the Balanced CEO podcast. We would be remiss if we did not give you an opportunity to let our CEO audience know how they can show you love and connect with you, Amina. Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram, Amina Rashad Law. I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can email me. It's my first name, Amina, A-M-I-N-A, at Rashad, R-A-S-H-A-D, law.com. Um, my website is rashadlaw.com. And thank you so much for having me. Of course. There you have it, everyone. Please be sure to follow and connect. With thank you so much for having me. Of course. Resource. As always, today, thank you for the amazing conversation. Thank you for rocking it in the CEO suite, Amina. But the conversation doesn't end here. Keep it going and share this episode and all its amazing gems with the phenomenal women in your lives. In a world of competition, be the inspiration, be the boss. And until next time, thank you for joining us on the Balanced CEO Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week on the Balance CEO podcast. Check us out on our website at anchors.com. That is anchors, A-N-K-O-R-Z dot com. Or look us up on social media at anchors LLC for more information about us and today's podcast. As always, subscribe to Spotify and iTunes to catch each episode and leave us a review wherever you're listening from so we can continue to give you new fresh content. See you next time.